In October 2022, Microsoft released significant updates to Microsoft product terms. Nothing changed for providers in the service provider use rights document. However, because SPLA does not exist in a vacuum, the end user licensing changes may have affected your business as well. And although, as I just said, nothing changed for providers in the service provider use rights documents, things like license mobility partnership and QMTH totally lost their sense from October 2022. So let's do a quick recap of what's changed, how it may affect you, how it probably has affected you already, what exactly has changed for end clients. Number one, Microsoft introduced a new right called flexible virtualization, which gave the rights to any subscription license to be taken to any provider. No authorization is required. Every product is included. The only rule is the license must be either on a subscription or have another type of subscription, software assurance. So you must be paying a recurring fee to Microsoft as an end client, not as a provider, to be able to take that license to a services provider with a caveat though that services provider accepts bring your own license. Flexible virtualization has overridden license mobility through software assurance. It's wider. It covers more products and it does not require the provider to be a license mobility partner. It also includes all the CSP licenses that did not benefit from license mobility through software assurance before. As a consequence of introducing flexible virtualization benefit, Windows Server also received bring your own license rights, even on shared hosting. Well, flexible virtualization benefit includes all products. And clients also, together with that, received an ability to license Windows Server per virtual machine. Combined with the previous point that they also have bring your own license right, in theory, if you allow them to, they may take that license per VM license and assign it to a virtual machine in your data center and license Windows Server virtual machine with their licenses. That affects service provider economics and the design of your platform a lot, but the possibility is there. And the other thing, but that affects mostly and clients, Windows 11 through CSP may now be virtualized on-premises. And if you sell CSP licenses, that is a benefit for you as a reseller because now Windows 11 licenses may be virtualized on-premises and that improves the attractiveness of such licenses and their value. Volume and CSP licenses of Windows Server may be taken to multi-tenant hardware. BYOL has expanded. When we talk about Windows Server licensing per virtual machine, please bear in mind that it doesn't exist in SPLA. It is only applicable to end client licenses. And if they decide to bring it to your data center and you allow them to, that is the formula. But still, that formula applies to their licenses that you bring to your data centers. And it's simple. The number of core licenses required per virtual machine equals the number of cores of that virtual machine with the minimum of eight cores per virtual machine. If you know about SQL Server licensing per VM, this works in a very similar manner, with the only difference is that SQL Server requires at least four cores per virtual machine and Windows Server requires at least eight cores per virtual machine. SQL Server is a good example of a non-operating system that also benefits from the recent changes. If previously CSP subscription licenses could only be taken to Azure, now 
those same CSP licenses could be brought to your data centers, which again improves the attractiveness of SQL Server licenses through CSP. And albeit that they are called SQL Server subscriptions for Azure, they actually can be taken to any services provider now. And again, license mobility authorization is not required. How these changes have affected the tiers of service provider authorizations. Before October 2022, there were effectively four tiers of a services provider or a, an outsourcing company that provides some kind of hosting services. And yes, you could be an outsourcing company and a hosting company without an SPLA agreement if you only hosted your own clients on dedicated hardware. You didn't have to have SPLA. In that case, you would be like a collocation company, an outsourcing company. You didn't host it for them. They hosted their hardware with you effectively. But obviously, if you wanted to provide services from a public cloud infrastructure, a multi-tenanted infrastructure, in that case, SPLA was a requirement. But pure SPLA did not allow bring your own license to shared hardware. And for that, you had to become a license mobility partner. You may still become a license mobility partner, but I'll explain to you why it's not required anymore. And then the last authorization level, the hardest to get, was QMTH. Again, it still exists. For how long, we don't know, but it also lost its sense because QMTH provides the ability for your end clients to bring their Windows 11 and Office applications to your data centers on shared hardware. Now, because of flexible virtualization benefits, it's not needed. And let me remind you, every product, including those, now has bring your own license rights to both dedicated and shared hardware. How it's changed now? Effectively, we now have providers without any hosting agreement and providers with SPLA. And there's more to that. Providers without any authorization are now allowed to host clients on multi-tenant hardware using end clients licenses on subscriptions or with software assurance through the flexible virtualization benefit. So in theory, and we already know a few companies who are trying to, you may become a services provider without an SPLA agreement. It is perfectly compliant. License mobility partners and QMTH still exist. Flexible virtualization provides more rights and they just don't make sense anymore. And in regards to the division between listed providers and authorized outsourcers, there are listed providers, four names, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Alibaba, and there's the rest of the services providers. Anyone who's not on that list is an authorized outsourcer. So when you read Microsoft product terms, when you read Microsoft licensing guides, if it mentions an authorized outsourcer, it just means anyone, any outsourcing company, splow not that is not on that list. So it did become much simpler, easier for clients to take their licenses and to bring them to an environment whether shared or dedicated with the only caveat that the provider allows them to bring their licenses. And authorized outsourcers, normal providers, have more benefits than listed providers. If an end client wants to take their licenses to an authorized outsourcer, all they need to check is that the licenses are on an active subscription. And that includes just subscription licenses, as is, as they called subscription licenses, plus licenses with an active software assurance, because software assurance is by design a subscription. And they don't need to check whether a provider is a license mobility partner or they have a QMTH status. Is that easier? You can ask it yourselves. For listed providers, nothing changed. They still have to stick with license mobility. 
which in our opinion provides more competitiveness for smaller providers compared to listed providers. So let's recap again how it affected you, because all those changes have only been introduced for the end clients, but it did affect you. And in our opinion, the most important thing that happened is that now you do not need those two authorizations, license mobility and QMTH. You don't even need SPLA. You can become a service provider without SPLA, but if you have SPLA, by all means, keep it. Point number two is you may now host any CSP subscription license, not only Windows 11 and Office 365. And that includes SQL, which is a big change, especially for those providers who are at the same time sell CSP licenses to their own clients who are CSP resellers. It did feel strange that you could sell a SQL Server subscription to a client, but they couldn't bring it to your data center. Now they can. Point number three, there is a new authorization called CSP Hoster. What you need to know, it does not affect compliance. It gives you no licensing benefits. It's a benefit that allows you as a provider to pre-build solutions, virtual machines and combined solutions using media and activation keys that you can now download from VLC if you become a CSP hoster. So regardless of the name, to host CSP licenses, you don't have to be a CSP hoster. Unfortunately, there's a bit of a bad news. If you transfer any of your SPLA licenses to any of the listed providers, you would have to stop doing that in October 2025. Honestly, things may change. Microsoft may decide to retract it, but as it stands right now, you only have less than three years to rethink your licensing strategy for those clients for whom you deploy virtual machines on listed providers and manage them. If you could provide SPLA licenses, some, a limited subset of SPLA licenses for them to use on listed providers, you can still do that, but only until the 30th of September 2025 included. In October, you would have to stop it. So are these changes good or bad for you? We think that because there's no need for QMTH, it's good. It's never been a perfect program and it only allowed a limited subset of CSP licenses to be brought to your data centers. That limitation is now gone. You don't need QMTH. You don't need that additional hassle that is connected to being a QMTH. You now have new opportunities with bring your own license. You can offer more services. You can attract new clients with their existing licenses. And if you sell CSP licenses, you may now host any subscription license and you don't have to become a CSP hoster. On the other hand, those tier one CSPs who invested a lot of effort and money have lost that competitive advantage of QMTH. Now every provider may host the same licenses without being a QMTH, without being a tier one CSP. And if you use listed providers, you have to start rethinking that relationship. And there are things that are yet to be seen. When the server bring your own license, creates a mess in server provider economics. Right now, you license a host with Windows Server Data Center and you recover that cost of that license by renting out Windows Server virtual machines. And effectively, the more Windows Server virtual machines you run on that host, the more money you earn on the margin. What if your end clients start bringing their own licenses? How do you recover the cost of the license attached to the host? That is unclear. For now, the majority of licensing consultants advise providers who want to explore with the server bring your own license to deploy an additional separate infrastructure just for those cases. I'm not sure that's feasible. With the existing provisioning and billing systems, what if they switch 
to bring your own license. Would that virtual machine have to migrate from one data center to another data center? So that is yet to be seen. Bring your own license compliance point number two is on end clients, but is it? CSP hosts are required to validate and verify end user licenses. So CSP hosters continue carrying that burden of verifying licensing compliance that previously was on license mobility partners and QMTH providers. However, non CSP hosters have no such requirements. They're not required to verify their own client licenses. So you may think if we don't become a CSP hoster, well, we don't need it, then we shouldn't care about the compliance of the end clients. I would not recommend thinking that way. We currently recommend all our clients to have an internal process of verifying compliance of their end users that bring their own licenses. What if there's an audit? How an auditor will know whether that is a compliant license, whether that is a legitimate license that belongs to end user and connected to the previous point for non-CSP hosters. CSP hosters have a framework, how to report and bring your own license, but non-CSP hosters, how are they going to report it? Right now, again, there are no requirements, but we think they will be introduced.